Let me see if I can do the intro in three tries. Three tries is my new goal. Can't wait. I, I get worse at these as, as I go along. It's hilarious. <laughs> whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now when we're lower in the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Whiskey Topic. It's Mark Bylock, and I'm here with my pal, Jamie Johnson. How are you doing, Jamie? Good. How are you? I'm very excited for this episode. Yes. I'm so excited. Um, we've been, we've brainstormed on this, and this is good. <laughs> so, so you tell tell us the theme of this episode because I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to causing some trouble. Oh, I mean, I'm not looking for trouble here, Mark. But I think it's cool to have uh, a con- <laughs> I think it's cool to have a conversation, kind of you know, with with things in terms of like you know, in, in Scotch with some laws being relaxed and and what you're allowed to do uh, and how you're allowed to make it. Uh, I and there's lots of new stuff sort of coming out. Uh, sort of the difference between like a gimmick and an innovation so sort of like where does that line exist and like you know what could fit into one category or both categories and and some fun stuff that we've sort of heard about uh yeah i think it'll be really fun and we have an extra special guest with us today we do yes a returning guest Uh, yeah josh peters from the whiskey jug welcome to the podcast josh welcome back back. thank you happy to be here (laughs) I, I feel like you know when we started podcasting and and like you were you were like the old school uh, whiskey reviewer and I was and I was just had started getting on the on the scene it was I, I think the, the book was already up but the, on the website and now I feel like you and I are both old school whiskey reviewers now. <laughs> we're the old salty guard <laughs> yeah. mad at everything oh <laughs> uh, well if you don't know if you don't know josh's work uh his website the whiskey jug is wonderful uh they, they post reviews regularly and and really um uh, uh you know i i know i've always looked, looked through his website especially you know josh always gets some stuff in california i don't get to i don't get to try always or not right away when they're out so i'm always uh, happy to see when josh reviews a whiskey i'm looking at um and, and josh you actually removed like the 100 point score speaking of gimmick or or <laughs> You removed. I didn't. I wasn't going to plan to start here, but I was like, "Oh yeah, I got to talk to Josh Man, about this." What a segue! Uh, <laughs> but you're, you're no longer scoring whiskey on a hundred point scale. Now you've got like numbers from four to five, and 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 uh, general number four to five. What happened there? Um, I just set. I, I wrote a post on it. Just kind of looking at the the overall, like the the scoring mechanism. You know. Basically, anything below 60 really is, is a bunch of useless numbers. And, and those were really, you know, I only ever gave when, when I gave stuff that low of scores, like down in 30s and 20s, that was just me being like, ah, this is so terrible. Why am I drinking this? Uh, this is a 20 points. Like it, it was hmm. had no like real meaning right. other than I'm just throwing some numbers at something that is terrible. And right. it's it's also... I spent way too much time being like, oh man, is this a B? Is it an 86 or is this like B plus 87? Like mm-hmm. thinking about like references in my head of, of flavor profiles and other whiskeys that I really like that were in that same one. Like, is it that good? Is it just under? And it's kind of when I took a step back and, and started just looking at really the function of a score is just to say how much I like something. And, and that, that's all a score is for any reviewer. It's it's how much do you like this thing? And if that was the case, like you could really do your scoring of I like it, I hate it. Like you could just do thumbs up, thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Doesn't give you a whole, much, a whole bunch of flexibility. So I just switched it to a, a scale of one to five. And one being 
I absolutely hate this whiskey. Uh, two being like, I don't really like it that much. Three being like, you know what? This isn't bad. I could drink this now and then. Like, it's not my favorite. Four being, I re- I like this whiskey. This is this is tasty stuff. And five being, oh my God, this is fantastic whiskey. And then I also put a, an extra little superstar in there for stuff that just really kind of transcends its category. So something mm-hmm. like for me, it would be like, uh, the Russell's 98 would be like a superstar whiskey or like there's a new cap Capardonic that uh, Sherry cast that uh, KNL got here that I think that's a superstar whiskey when it comes to scotch. Like there, there's that thing of like, it's, it's a five. Yeah. It's a fantastic thing, but there's something a little bit special about this. That's more special than anything that's even like in that same realm. So um, I did, I did add that one little like uh superstar award whatever you want to call it It, it's that extra little designation of this is the best of the best type of thing but yeah it was just more of simplifying everything because i feel like sometimes uh scoring gets complicated and i just try to uncomplicate it yeah i I definitely borrowed some of your techniques just even on a whiskey write-ups i I find i i I felt like i always need to write something clever clever about any whiskey i I reviewed and i've noticed like you're like whatever just this is this is what the marketing says from the website here's the quote this is what this is Mm -hmm. i don't have to i don't have to paraphrase it's been aged in this and then that and uses this grain i don't have to be clever about it i can just copy and paste and attribute it to the website the, to the to the whiskey's website so no that that's good i like i like that i like that especially somebody, somebody that always struggles releasing content uh that's anything that makes it faster is good and uh that's cool, Very cool. <laughs> how did the whiskey community uh, feel about that sometimes Josh, yeah the was whiskey, there <laughs> the whiskey community doesn't love was, change very much so it was <laughs> funny i got it, I got a, a lot of people were like very positive, like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's great. A yeah. simplified score is so much better. Yeah. Like, I love this. And then, uh, you, I had a couple other people that are like, well, I'm never looking at your site again because now this is trash. I don't know what to think anymore. Like is, is a four actually like worthy of like a B plus? Like, I don't know what this means. And so I did get some, some, some yeah. salty comments yeah. back, but that's it's, amazing. it's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's, a whiskey review is just someone's opinion. It's just, I mean, I've drank a lot of whiskey, so it's a, it's an informed opinion, but it's still my opinion. It, right. It's, yeah. I mean, I, the amount of times that uh, we've had a whiskey club meeting here, whether it's the LA Scotch club, the LA whiskey society, the SoCal whiskey club, the, the Malt Nuts, any of the clubs that, that are here in LA, like the amount of times I can count where there was a unanimous favorite and a, and a unanimous, um, Hate, hated whiskey of the night mm-hmm. I it, two times in the yeah. entire years like everyone's palate is different everyone's gonna yeah. have different thoughts and opinions like we've 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 yet to have something that was like consistently like oh everybody in this club tastes everything the exact same way and right. likes things the exact same way but so it's yeah I mean it, it's it's just someone's opinion at the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah I agree. And I, I think that's the, the whole thing is you can't take the score. I, as far as I know, like you and I do take the score very seriously and the number very seriously. And we, we do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of mental gymnastics to get there, but it is still mm-hmm. just our opinion and it matters about as much as anybody thinks it does. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I, I've got a bunch of whiskey blogs uh, that, that I, that I check for and, and there's resources that I have that I look at when I'm considering buying something that's a little bit pricey and I'll, I'll yep. consult some of the folks that I know that I, whose palates I align with and whose mm-hmm. opinions I respect 
But at the end of the day, like if I get it and I still don't like it, like that's that I'm not suddenly gonna be like, this is, oh yeah, this is a great purchase. I'm going to be like, damn it. You guys lied to me. (laughs) I can't believe Josh rated that a 3.5. It's definitely a 3.25. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to, uh, we, we were talking about doing this podcast a little while ago. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the, um, uh, whiskey marketing school that 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 you, you wrote a po- post about that they they uh, uh, a group uh, that, that has actually really famous YouTube channel uh, they, they they do really well on the on YouTube um, but they did a marketing school and you did an article about them and that that became uh, the, and it cost a lot of money and I guess that's the kind of thing was it a gimmick or was it innovation because they do have a, they do have a large audience and they want to they want to create a class. Uh, a classroom for people to learn how to market whiskey, I believe. Maybe you'll explain this better than I will. Well, it's the the whiskey marketing school, which is put on the the through the Wizard Academy, and it's the whole thing is that they call themselves whiskey sommeliers, but it's they have the giant medals and everything that you get after it. So I guess like on top of being a, a Somalia, you've now won the World Wrestling Championship or something. So you get this gigantic medal. And the the problem that I really had with it is capitalizing on the term Somalia and the cultural meaning that we have today. Like if you watch the documentary Psalm mm-hmm. or even just go and read like what it takes to actually be a wine sommelier, it's it's years and years and years of study and testing and, and learning. Like you have to do all this on your own. Whereas this thing, you could literally walk in on the day you turn 21, have never had a whiskey in your life, uh, sit down for a day and a half in Texas, and for $4,000, you can walk out a, a whiskey sommelier. Wow. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like there's, and, yeah. I mean, and they, they tout it over and over. Like, you don't have to have any previous knowledge of whiskey. You don't have to know anything about whiskey. Come on in. And they they made a big deal about it. It's funny. There's a a, a one of their their vice chancellor who doesn't call himself his vice chancellor on the post that he writes so glowingly on the whiskey smiths about it is like, oh, you don't have to have any experience. You have to do this. You can come in and and, and all this. And then after I wrote my post, um, magically some of that some of that wording changed. <laughs> but, um, I wrote a follow up where I actually did. So I actually thought ahead on this because I, I they wrote a reply which was basically validated everything I said. And so then I wrote a follow-up. And in that follow-up, I had taken, before I even posted, I screen captured their entire, I downloaded the files for their entire website. Yeah. And <laughs> same with all the posts that were from people who were promoting it, who ended up being like part of the, the company. I took screen caps of all their stuff. So then I could, so in the follow-up, I was able to post what they originally said and what it says now to show exactly that, yeah, no, they totally changed the verbiage on some of the stuff. So cause I, I, I kind of thought that that would happen. It's, but yeah, for $4,000, you can be a whiskey sommelier with zero previous knowledge. And that, that to me is a money grab, right? So that, that's all that is. That, that's yeah. just, it, it's a gimmicky money grab that is capitalizing on a word that right. means expertise. And it's funny, like in their reply, on one hand, it's like, oh, back in the day, a sommelier was just someone who brought you your wine. But we want some, a whiskey sommelier to be an ultimate professional. 
It's like, okay, well, which, 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 which is it? Which are you going for? You're saying that you're using Somali as this old school meaning, which it doesn't mean anymore. There are tons of words that used right. to mean something in, you know, 1800s that no longer mean that today. Right. And yeah. so like you, you're capitalizing on how we culturally think of that term. And that's why they're putting a $4,000 price tag on the thing. Like it's not like there's a post where they try to break it down, but it's, it's, it, it was ridiculous <laughs> where they're breaking down the, the pricing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I, I caught endless, endless flack for that one, but it's fine because I don't really care what their opinion of me is anyways. Like they, they posted, they put up some stuff about, oh, like, oh, they were going to get me back and all this stuff. And they were, they were like whole Reddit threads, trash talking me that I just didn't even bother to read. Cause I just, at the end of the day, I don't care about their opinion. Um, yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. So they can't they do have, they do have a large, large <laughs> community too, which I, I think, you know, help helps their, their thing. And I, and I guess their, you know, their, their comeback was like, well, we're not, you know, this is a marketing school. This is how to talk about whiskey. Uh, it's not just the facts. It's how to talk about whiskey. Um, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. uh, and that, I, I just, I was surprised how much trouble that got considering, it, yeah. you know, you weren't saying anything that was out of line or out of scope and, and that word Somalia is definitely treasured in, in the, uh, in the food and beverage industry for certain. Right. And, and to try and just cap, I just saw it as just really, um, disingenuous and like it, it's so funny to me that like on their their webs like on the their whiskey tribe thing they're always like you know whiskey is about having fun it's not about knowing every detail it's not about being pretentious but for four thousand dollars we'll let you call yourself a whiskey sommelier like that whole right. mental gymnastics flip to me is just one of the most disingenuous things i've can just see like on one hand you're playing up oh let's get away from old biases and let's get away from you know whiskey is not supposed to be this thing let's grab the this you know term that is often uh bucketed into uh pretension somali but let you know yeah so it's just, that whole thing just it was mind-boggling to me yeah yeah no it, it was and, and their reaction was was just telling of, of where they were on that yeah uh, yeah Cool. No, that's very cool. I'll, I'll post some. Uh, I'll post uh, links to the uh, articles in the show notes. Uh, but I, I thought that was just fascinating how quickly that took off. All right. Uh, so what's next? Uh, gimmick versus is innovation. Uh, what do we have next, Jamie? Well, I mean, so I mean, I guess I'll just intro with what I'm drinking. I don't know if you guys are partaking in the moment, but you know, it's mm-hmm. it's mid afternoon here, so I thought it may as well. Um, and since we were doing this episode, I've had this like little sample bottle of Jefferson's Ocean. Uh, sitting, um, sort of waiting for its moment, a little sample bottle that I got from. So this is actually the Kensington Wine Market, which is a big liquor store here in uh, Alberta, uh, in Canada. Uh, and it's world renowned for, you know, being the hub of, of sort of like, um, if you want sort of anything different, or if you want some of those independent bottlings or things like that, they do a lot of store picks and stuff that we can't do here in Ontario, but we can do it sort of in Alberta. So um, they gave me a a sample of their single cask that they had selected. So it's their store pick. Um, And yeah, so Jefferson's Ocean. Um, I don't know if they actually (laughs) 
take it to the ocean anymore or not. But that was the that was originally the story. Um, uh, the sort of the the aging uh, process would be sort of changed by the rocking of a boat and and being near water. Um, and um, yeah, so I mean, I'm loving it. I I think I've had it once before this and um it's funny i think but you know being in scotch and and then also you know being such a lover of bourbon i i think sometimes about sort of the the differences in what we call like gimmicks or innovations between bourbons and scotches even so like you know like finishing a um a, a single malt in a wine cask it doesn't it's not it's not a gimmick when you speak about it in sort of scotch terms but it could be viewed as such in sort of bourbon terms. So it is one of those things that I've sort of been mulling over a little bit as we've been kind of getting ready for this episode. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are, are you guys having anything gimmicky or innovative right now in your, in your glasses? Uh, yeah, I've got, um, I've got the two brewers, uh, Yukon, uh, single malt release, which I, you know, oh, I traditionally is, you wouldn't, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's not considered a gimmick per se. Um, but the, concept that uh you know canadian and american distilleries are making single malts um you know i think originally came out as a gimmick because it's like what single malts are only from scotland why would you may have a single malt in the yukon that seems ridiculous um and and how quickly that conversation has changed and how um you know single malts are becoming more and more prominent in micro distilleries and then and and that um to the point where it's it's an interesting kind of blend of micro distilleries using a specific grain type um you know single malt not a legally protected term uh anywhere nope. except scotland i think no i think you can make Ireland. a single malt anywhere if it's a single malt scotch then yes but yeah. but yeah no single malt you can make wherever you like yeah yeah and uh but i i like i like that um i do like that you know the distillers kind of so two brewers uh, in the yukon they uh, they do a bunch of different uh, single malt releases, and they've won a bunch of awards. Uh, the one I'm drinking t- uh, today is release number 13, um, and uh, they, but they they do a bunch. I think they're up to like 20, 19, 20. I, I don't. I think I've got up, I've got up to like 18 mm-hmm. uh, samples for up to 18. So they and the, the variety because of course it's a small distillery. There's just so much variety in there um, already that um, that I don't know where the variety comes from. Whether it's just from how small it's produced or or the oak or or what have you. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think. You know, a very, very light, moderately mm. exciting gimmick. I'm uh, sorry, uh, innovation, uh, really. Yeah. More than a gimmick yeah, because uh, it, it is, yep. you know, Canada always made rye. U.S. always made corn-based bourbons. And now it's like, well, why not do single malt? So I think that's a great innovation in, in the industry around North America. For sure. Josh, nice. do you have anything in your glass right now? No, I know it's a little earlier your time. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's no judgment yeah. on, on the I, topic. <laughs> I have I have a coffee and there may may or not be a whiskey in it. The the mug even says this 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 could this might be whiskey. Oh my so, god! I have the same uh, I have the same mug. Is it, is it like is it a tin mug? It's t- it's a, no. This, oh, okay. Mine's mine's a uh, black. Okay, mine is tin, which in hindsight is terrible because it scalds my hands ooh. every time I touch. I know. <laughs> like originally, I was like, "Ooh, this looks kind of cool." Like I'm an old prospector, like you know, drinking coffee out of a tin mm-hmm. mug, and then like it gets real old real quick as soon as you touch it. You're like, oh no, oh, that's a great conductor of heat. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. 
there, yeah, there, sometimes like there, there's the old things should die for a reason because we found better ways that don't involve third degree burns just to get your morning coffee. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, I, when I was going through like the sort of, um, I guess, gimmicky whiskeys or innovative whiskeys, uh, I, I guess we can kind of talk about what the difference is there because there is kind of a, a fine line. And like I said, what could be considered a gimmick in one sort of whiskey world might be something that's sort of, you know, an innovation in another or something that is just normally done. Um, so do we do we have a sense of that line or are we just sort of like when we hear something, we're like, oh, and I guess sometimes when people say like, oh, I feel that's a gimmick and I'll be like, oh, well, that's that's actually like that seems kind of innovative. So where would you sort of draw that line, Josh? I think some of it really has to do uh, quite a bit has to do with like the marketing around it mm -hmm. and and like. Does it actually, is there actually something there to it? Mm -hmm. So things like the the fast aging stuff, like the terapure process where they, you know, bombard it with, you know, the whisk, they take young whiskey and bombard it with um, ultrasonic, you know, levels of, of sound and then they uh, oxygenate it and, and supposedly it now tastes better than it did before but every single one of those I've had, mm -hmm. it tastes like, oh man, this tastes like it's like a two-year-old whiskey. Then you look on the back, oh yeah, it is a two-year-old whiskey. Like it still tastes raw. It still tastes spirity. Like the there's been no time for the the wood to really, and spirit to really integrate and, and mature together. And it still tastes young. Like that, I think that, you know, some of these things and like the hyper-aging stuff of, well, we put some wood chips inside a vat and pressurized it. And, you know, the, the spectrometer says that this is the same thing as a 10-year-old whiskey. And then you try it, like, no, this tastes like some spirit that you chuck some charcoal into. It's just, this does not taste good. <laughs> like, I think that there's gimmicks there um, where you're trying to, to do. I think that that stuff's very gimmicky. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's a cool story. It's an interesting story. But at the end of the day, it, it's it the thing the, the end result still tastes exactly like it is, right? And so I think some of it has to do with marketing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that they're, they're they're that's part of it. Other things, you know, especially in the whiskey world, there's a, a big trend for double barrel bourbon these days, which is you know you you use one perfectly good barrel, you let the whiskey sit for two years, and then you get another perfectly good brand new barrel, dump it in there. And for like another year and you're like oh this extra year in a brand new barrel now makes this thing equal to like a six-year whiskey and it never tastes that way and they they i've yet to have one of those that i was like oh man this is totally a good use of a second barrel mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. no <laughs> just let it sit for four years and then bottle it like stop wasting barrels <laughs> <laughs> stop wasting wood like uh so I've yet to have yeah. one of those. I feel like that's pretty gimmicky. Like you're trying to do this, like in innovation, like if you're, you're attempting, it, you're trying it, it's something new. Mm -hmm. And if it works and you can turn it into a viable living product and, and it's a thing, then yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure cask finishing, uh, especially in the bourbon world, cask finishing was seen as a gimmick right. um, when it first happened. I mean, it's long history in Scotch, long, yeah. long history there, but cask finishing was, seen as a gimmick when it first started happening in in at any major scale in Burma you've had like 
Jim Bean did some back in the the early '90s with their um, Masters collection, the the first round, which the port one was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Russells, they uh, Jimmy did one back with uh, the original um, Sherry revival back in or uh, yeah, what was that like early '90s as well? Like, so he had the, that Sherry finished one a while ago that the new Masters Keep revival is a tribute to. Um, they were kind of like one off things, and then. Yeah in the current bourbon boom, like cask finishing started up again, you get, you know, the high West campfire, you've got, yep. um, uh, you know, a bunch of like the Cordy brothers, they did their bourbons finishing share. Like it was seen as gimmicky, mm-hmm. but it's now become, uh, you know, people using it. It's become an actual thing. Like all of the high West single barrels, that's their whole line is like, you get it. Like I've got, uh, sitting right in front of me is a, the high West American Prairie reserve that's finished in a Armagnac barrel. And it's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, some things may start as gimmicks and turn into it, but um, I think pure gimmick is like there's it's it's marketing driven and there's really nothing else to it. I would say that's that's a pure gimmick, mm-hmm. but I think you can things can start to gimmicks and turn into full products once you figure out, oh, it actually works. Like, here's yeah. something cool that we can do. That sort of makes me yeah. think of the Forgiven, like the Wild Turkey, like the first year they released yes. it, the whole marketing behind it was like, oh, somebody almost got fired. They accidentally mm. put together like, you know, a rye and and um, a bourbon. And so we ended up bottling it and now it's called Forgiven. And then it's sort of like, and people enjoyed it and they liked the story behind it. I really liked it, but it sort of mm-hmm. ended up becoming, it was, they continued on with it on purpose because it did so yep. well. So, so I, like, I agree with you hundred percent in that the marketing, you need to be quite careful that you don't become like a bit of a laughing stock, but like, if you do have like the right marketing and you want to spin something the right way, it's a really, it has to be a really good, well, first it should be a good whiskey, but <laughs> second yeah. of all, um, I agree. The marketing spin is super important as well, for sure. It, it definitely is. Um, and actually, speaking of the wild turkey for dinner, I actually met the 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 lady who accidentally did make Stop. that batch. You did not. Oh no way! I did. That's I, when I was down, um, when I visited Wild Turkey for the Russell's ninety eight release, we were down there, and I asked Eddie. I was like, "Okay, is this a real story?" Yeah. And yeah. This, we were heading into the bottling hall. He's like, "Actually, it is." And here's the person that <laughs> did it. <laughs> and I tried, I asked them and they wouldn't do it, but I asked them, can, if I go to the gift shop and buy a bottle of Forgiven, can I have her sign it? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, ah, uh, like let's, let's just not. And yeah, I asked, I, I, I hounded the PR team for like weeks after the trip. I was like, please. Can I have- I want, I want Jimmy, Eddie, and her signature sure. on it, please. And they're like, no. Yeah. They feel weird about it. Like, come on. <laughs> wouldn't, oh, wouldn't do it. But I did get a, a forgiven with Eddie and Jimmy's signature on it. But man, that third signature, yeah. that would have like, that totally would have like tipped the secondary price of that by at least fifty. Oh my bucks. gosh, hundred. Yeah. I got all three signatures. Yeah. That's like another fifty bucks at just, least. just for that. I would have given you more. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's <laughs> awesome because we've also speculated on whether or not that's an actual story or whether or yeah. not it's a bit of a marketing, like being a little bit cheeky. So uh, I appreciate that you you got the inside scoop there. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what we know for sure wasn't an accident? It wasn't uh, a, a gimmick. It was an accident. It was an art bag and Glam Rangey. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a quarter of a million dollar mistake. Yeah. That one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, putting in some old art bag that 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 does not happen by nope. by accident. Nope. Or, I mean, that can only happen by accident. By accident. That, that's totally not. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I um, I had this. Uh, I I think I had this whiskey uh, a couple of days ago that I think exemplifies kind of what, what you're saying because I had um, uh, a, a whiskey out of uh, Thailand uh, from the I guess I don't know if I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's Omar it's spelled O M A R mm-hmm. uh, Distillery, and um, and they had a le- lychee liqueur finished. Uh, cast strength uh, single malt hmm. and and I had like I you know I, I have a bunch of samples and I'm always kind of like trying to pick out what I want to drink and I'm just like well, what sample do I want to kind of challenge my palate with today and and I remember going to that I used to I, I went through like a lychee martini phase I know don't judge me please don't judge me like, <laughs> so late 90s I, early 2000s <laughs> oh my god um, I'm you know, craving a lychee I, martini now right now in fact I, I went through a, you, you know in that exact same era I, I kind of went through a pomegranate martini phase so oh, I, I cannot judge I cannot <laughs> judge I was I, I was well I, I was living in Utah at the time and so like that the pomegranate vodka had just come out yeah, like, yeah. Or, 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 no the pomegranate liqueur like pama or, pama oh, yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah yeah I remember was, that like, Oh my god! Oh Especially gosh. back then in Utah, we were so starved for just any new product. So yeah. the second like that came out, I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get that!" <laughs> and I took some pomegranate juice, and I was making these different levels of, of of concoctions and trying different pomegranate juices, like to like float across the market. Like I was trying all these oh, things okay. to make different pomegranate martinis. And I think I just pretty much ended up like pre-diabetic from all the sugar is really the only thing. And (laughs) I don't think I did anything else. Like none of them were fantastic. But um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely bought a bunch of canned. <laughs> I think they were canned or bottled lychees to, to, to make them at yeah, home. Yeah, to make them at home. <laughs> nice. like, I like that you're equal opportunity shopping, drinkers, you guys. I really appreciate I that. Know. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I, who doesn't love a pomegranate or lychee martini, martini every once in oh. a while? And a nice summer day, nice and cold, refreshing, sweet. You can only have one just because yeah. the sugar is just so much. But it, that's it like is, Jamie in her 30s saying that. Like Jamie in her 20s would be like, let's do seven of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You put in a, you, you would throw in an espresso martini in there, uh, oh, yeah. here and there, just to kind of keep yourself uh, vibrant <laughs> enough. Because, you know, you, you can't yeah, drink like, two martinis. That's how you get your second wind. That's the, right. Espresso martini. I love an espresso martini. Still. Oh, uh, I still love espresso martinis. <laughs> but, but yeah, this, but this was a good example because for me, it was like, it was the gimmick that made me pick it up. Because yeah. I'm like, Lychee, this is going to be stupid um and i really liked it like i mean it's not like you know it's not like the most best but like it was really good it was like the lychee was the the lychee liqueur was so nicely integrated it was not very forward on the palate if if you didn't tell me lychees i wouldn't have thought lychees i wouldn't have had oh this is lychee and i think that's that's kind of the nice thing i think that's a kind of you can kind of do an innovation where like they had lychee liqueur barrels and that was that was kind of innovative nobody's done this before i assume Mm -hmm. i don't know actually everybody's done everything before but let's assume um and it was nice it was a gimmick that got me to pick it up but the innovation was there because i really enjoyed it and i think that's a good you can combine the two i guess is what i'm trying to say for sure i I think on the other end of the spectrum there is this one that i was just reading about called fishski (laughs) spelt fish fish with a ky on the end (laughs) 
Um, oh, it was a, so it's it looks like a like an independent bottling, uh, and it was a single cask Brocolati that was finished in a sherry cask, and then went another finishing um, in an ex herring herring like the fish cask. <laughs> And so, like, apparently Mark Gillespie said it was by far the worst whiskey he's ever tasted. Um, but I, like, I, and and I, you know what? I, I get wanting to have, like, a nice sort of, like, briny, salty whiskey. Like, there are, there are some really beautiful, like, whiskeys that have that sort of, like, ocean flavor. But I don't think they hit the mark on that. <laughs> I don't think that's what I don't we're... think that's what they got. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you need to actually add the ocean. Add to the it. ocean I think that... in particular. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I'm just looking up Mark's uh, review of this. It's 50% ABV. It's a single malt, and he rated a 40 point on the 100 points. <laughs> it's um, yeah, no, I I do not think that's necessary. I actually saw a vodka that was um, smoked salmon flavored uh, when oh. I was out west, and um, I guess. I don't think I would ever drink that in any circumstance. They said it was good for Caesars, but I was like, I just don't think fish flavored booze is no. going to be my thing. But apparently, like, like, uh, I don't. I would like to talk to somebody that's had it other than Mark Gillespie because I now I already know what he thinks. I would be interested to know if anyone has has had this. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'd I'm, love to try it. I mean, <laughs> there was. Like I, uh, or Westland, they did a, a Tabasco barrel Westland years ago that they did that they never released, but they did it as an experiment and it was so bad. And uh, every time that I, I met the guys, I kept asking them like if they would bring a sample down to LA next time because I wanted to try it so bad. <laughs> no, it's and, true. But yeah, and there's been other um like Tabasco um, sort of finished whiskeys. The SMWS did one as well. Um, and I, I heard it was also not so great. But again, being a whiskey person, you're just like, well, I just like to try like a sip. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah, it's like, well, Mark, when you went to Buffalo Trace and you're like, can I get some of the gross stuff that you have over there that you're not like, please give yeah, me a that sample failed bottle of the failed right? experiment. So, but, you know, it's, yeah. I, I, you, in theory... I mean, I do enjoy spicy food and whiskey, and I do enjoy, like, Tabasco. Like, I mean, I guess Tabasco is already using whiskey barrels to ferment and and age their yeah. product. And then, like, I don't know, were they? Was it? Was it like, let's bring a little, like, spice to like in it, uh, like smoky spice. I mean, it's, it's one of those things of like you never know till you try. Yeah, when you try, you're like, oh, that Ooh. did not work well. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> well, I, I mean, I I remember trying that uh, the heel party. They had the the sheep dip one. That was the that that was um, uh, essentially smoked in sheep dung. Um, and and this was actually a bit of a controversy. I didn't realize. I looked at this up a little bit more because I really hated it. I I was I I I remember tasting it, and it was um, I I described it because like, I was describing it as I was tasting it. Like I literally felt like oh, it's very kind of like um, grainy. Like um, I, I, it was just very grainy. It felt it originally tasted like a, a field, and then I literally just felt myself go through the intestine of the sheep and out its. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it literally felt like wheat and grass and manure and i i just like it was 
it was just a brain numbing experience. I did have uh, several tastes of other whiskeys before this one. Right. So my tasting notes may vary, but I didn't realize that, um, that, uh, this was actually, the company was bought by, uh, by Ian, Mc, uh, McLeod distillery. And so I'm, I'm guessing the bottles changed and everything else. And I think what I tasted was the original one. Cause the person, they said they were, this is like Icelandic whiskey. So they, it was like four or five years on their, on their shelves, something like that. So my guess is I tasted the original wow. one or it was just oxidated. Anyway, it was terrible, but Mark, Mark, Mark Lesby and others liked it. Like I, in fact, I, I made a comment about it on Instagram. Somebody's like, I had that. I liked it. I'm like, really? And then I'm looking it up. I'm like, Oh, it's because there's probably different variations of it. Yeah. Uh, so I still think that's a gimmick, but you know, you guys think <laughs> maybe- that because we know these things, we are already like, it will immediately like give you a bias. Like if you did like sheep dung whiskey blind, do you think you would have hated it as much? Or is it because like, you know, when people, when everyone's like, just like we were saying, like, you know, it's, it's everyone's palate slightly different. And like, if I, but we're very suggestible. So sometimes I'm like, Oh, I taste raisins. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, I totally mm-hmm. taste raisins now. So I wonder if it's like, well, I taste sheep dung or this is made from sheep dung. So it must like, I don't know. Let's, we should get together uh, we, and do like a horrible whiskey tasting of like, <laughs> and <just> blind. <laughs> we've, we've done some of those experiments yeah. and I, I, what, what ends up happening quite often, mm-hmm. not, not all the time. Cause there's definitely the power of suggestion. And like, mm-hmm. if you read the back of the label before you drink a whiskey, you're like, Oh yes, there is honeysuckle on a, saturday afternoon in this how, how did they know <laughs> you get you get those or this totally tastes like what i would imagine pond lilies tasting like i don't know who's ever eaten them but wow yeah you, you get yeah. that stuff in your head yeah. but yeah. things like that like um uh the you know like the sheep dung it might have been something where like man this is like has that like farmy gamey just weirdness i i don't know what to yeah. call it yeah and then you then someone's like it's sheep done like yep that's exactly it i didn't <laughs> want to say poo but it's poo so you know that we've had those where like we've done some some interesting things with whiskey blind tastings and and people do pick up notes, but they don't know how to describe. They're like, I don't know what this is. Like yeah. this, it's a weird thing. It's blah blah blah. And then you tell them, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's it. That's what yeah. That's that's that's, that's the thing. So yeah. yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Of like, uh, if they don't, if you don't tell them, they're gonna find something different. Yeah. But they may not know what to call it. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't know how to tell this thing, and then then you tell them it's it's dried sheep dung. Yeah. And, uh, it's like that it's like that you know there's a game with jelly beans where like some of that all like they they all sort of like look different and then but some of them are like um like cinnamon and then the other one is like uh, like i don't know like the blood harry the harry potter jelly beans where it's like one is booger flavored and one is dirt flavored and like exactly exactly it would be like that but in a whiskey tasting so you'd have like just some normal Mm -hmm. sort of like bourbons and rye and and scotches and then you just put like pepper in a sheep dung or a fish one could be a good idea that would be yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's like that's one you do with like your like okay whiskey friends not like your whiskey friends that you love just kidding. Well, we, we oh no, that's yeah, totally yeah. the thing I would do with the whiskey <laughs> yeah. friends I love. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. On second oh, that, it's the only one you could do with your. That, with that's the only way. Yeah. The, yeah. the ones that I only kind of like, they may not like me after. 
<laughs> well, why don't, why don't we go for some obvious ones? Um, uh, we could do uh, uh, Whiskey Rocks. Uh, that, that seems to be universally considered a gimmick that's... Uh, yeah, that, very that... much, yeah. I mean, yeah. the Whiskey Rocks, it's gimmicky. I mean, if... I mean, you're, they only work for like two seconds. Like, you, there is an actual temperature difference when you put it in, but you hold it in your hand for a couple seconds longer, and it's back to room temperature. Like, it doesn't. I don't. I don't see that. And those, those, and those uh, whiskey sticks, like the okay. charred pieces of wood that you throw in, like in your bottle, those things don't work. <laughs> I, I saw that on your Twitter account. You said you said that you did a blind tasting, and it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. Which I did find a little surprising, though maybe not too surprising. I guess. Yeah, we. I did this whole thing um, where I took. Because the whole thing is like, oh, it's supposed to make your whiskey better. So I just took standard old crow right. and mm-hmm. put the stick in it. And like you're supposed to jar? wait 20. No, you're just like... in the bottle. You just in the put bottle. it into the bottle. Okay. okay. So it's a charred stick that has a bunch of notches on it. Yep. So it has maximum surface area. And you can oh. drop, <laughs> you drop it into the, the bottle and then you let it sit 24 hours. And then it's supposed to, you know, turn your your whiskey into premium whiskey and, and afterwards. And, and so did it with old crow. Cause like, okay, like this is totally basic. Like if it does anything to a whiskey, like it should change old crow. If this is, if there should be something noticeable. And so I did it where, um, I, I, you know, poured off a, um, a reference point. So just with pre without the, uh, the control, that's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for port control, which was one ounce of the, just regular old crow before the stick. And then I put the stick in and then every 24 hours I poured another one ounce sample. And then for the next three weeks, I pulled it out every Monday, one, one ounce. So we could just see, and then I just uh, labeled them one, two, three, four, five, six. um, But randomly, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, week two was like number one and stuff like that. And then I had some friends try it. Like, just tell me if you, what do you think of these? And if you notice any real difference, and that's all I told them. It's like, just, just mm-hmm. try these. Yep. And there was, no one found anything. I was like, oh my gosh, this one is suddenly so different than the rest of them. Right. And um, like the ones that people chose varied from like the control to the mm-hmm. actual, to the one that had been aged for like a day or two. Like, oh yeah, but there was nobody. And I had, um, some folks that uh, two two folks that that helped me with it. One of them is not really a whiskey person at all. So just to get there, like if you could turn something for someone that's not really a whiskey drinker into a whiskey drinker using it, let's let's try that. And then someone who is uh, normally a whiskey drinker, and uh, neither one could really tell anything. And I had this great post ready about it. And I upgraded my phone, and they botched it, and I lost all the images. So the post uh-huh. never went up. <laughs> and so it was like, I could post this. I could still write it up. I still have the write-up. It would be like 1,200 words of just constant words and no images to break it up. And that would be horrible, so I never posted it. But, um, yeah, they just don't. It's like $15, $20 or something like that right. for these pieces of charred wood that you throw in a bottle that don't really do anything. I, I think that's like, yeah. I think that's like the epitome of a, of a gimmick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to that, it's a money-making device that doesn't have any end value uh, to it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I've never tried them. Um, no, I don't. Uh, but uh, I, I think the company offered to send, I, like, I think this is the PR company offered to send me them. I was just like, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Uh, I although mean, now, now that now that you mentioned this, I can do it by pacing with friends, and and and, yeah. and that that seems yeah, like way more fun. Totally, uh, recreate it and 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 try it yourself, um, and see if you get a different result. Because I would I would love to know that, and I'd love for someone to put this to do the same experiment. I mean, I don't want to spend twenty dollars on some wood to redo it, um, but uh, yeah. If their PR company, especially if they don't hear this, wants to send me some help, we do it. So they may I mean, not. After... Hey, hey, you never know. We <laughs> we can get a different, a different, a whole different scenario here. But yeah. I think, yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, because in theory, like you'd be like, oh, we're adding wood. Like, what, there's wood. There's more wood, and mm-hmm. so therefore, but in practice, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. No, well, we, I, we even, yeah. We had some, um, like I, I ended up doing an April fool's day post about it. Uh, there it's called like, it was named like TWJ's ultimate premium best ever whiskey. Like I did a whole, mm-hmm. um, where I used two different sticks. Cause there's even one company they sent me them that they just do a light toasting. So it's literally just like, a, they look like a wooden dowel you get at home Depot. Like, I think they right. just went and got some of those and like, rolled them over their grill and like hey it's toasted and then now they just like throw it in like they did less than nothing like they just they, they right. actually made right. it worse but oh, yeah. um put a bunch of them into some uh, vodka and new make and use the color that it gave it is just insane like how dark how quick oh, it gets really cool yeah so it gives color but yeah. it doesn't really mature it i mean the whole process of whiskey maturation is you know the spirit going into the wood when it's hot it expands, pulls mm-hmm. it in. You're, it's taking it's it, the whiskey is getting deep into the wood, yeah. and it's taking on all of the flavors, and it's taking on all the compounds that are inside the wood. And then when it gets cold, it contracts and it pushes all of that out and back into the the spirit. And it's that exactly. constant expansion contraction that actually matures whiskey. Exactly. When you just throw a stick into a bottle, <laughs> all that's happening is you have a stick the in a shark. <laughs> yeah, you're throwing a stick in a bottle. Like none of that process is happening. The only thing that's happening and the reason it's getting dark is all that charcoal that's on the outside, it's just yeah. absorbing into your whiskey. Like you're yeah. getting some color. Uh, we did it with some Highland Park new make at a, after a, a Laws event one night. And we threw it in <laughs> at like, um, you know, before the meeting. And at the end of the meeting, we turn around and look and this thing was so dark. Like this new make within a couple hours was so dark. So it just pulled all the color and then yeah. we tasted it and it just, it tasted exactly like it did before the meeting and <laughs> tasted just like new make and um, just really, really dark new make. Uh, but it was, that was super interesting. Um, and that's what actually gave me the April fool's day post idea. It was, was that. that. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it, it just like, yeah, it just occurred to me that I wonder like we've already talked about how some things like want to be seen as a gimmick uh, and, and how it gets a little bit, you get a little bit more attention when that happens. And so obviously, you know, kind of any attention sometimes is, is good attention, but mm-hmm. do you feel like celebrity whiskeys are gimmicks? Like, does that fit into our, our gimmick category? Oh, it just kind good. of like, you know what I mean? Like having yeah. Conor McGregor or, I, or 
Matthew McConaughey or whoever, like, and, and do we have certain celebrities we prefer more to others when it comes to gimmicky whiskey? I I think there's a, there's a lot of gimmicky stuff when you get into, to like just endorsements, like the entire Diageo game of Thrones theories series. That was pure right gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing like they didn't even align with the houses. They had this whole thing, this video, like, Oh, we tried to align the distillery with like the area in Scotland that would be equivalent to the area in, uh, in the game of Thrones. And like a, nothing gets nearly as hot as it does in the, in the Southern area of, of um, game of Thrones. So, you know, you're, you're miss you're, you're, you've botched that to begin with. Like, why not instead of, you know, going with house Tyrell and like be like, Whoa, well, you know, this distiller, you know, Klein Leash is located here. So Tyrell, eh, eh, kind of like, why not actually go, like, if you were trying to make something really cool, like align it with like, what would it be like, right. you know, to, right. to, to there. So like, you know, they're using like the Dalwini or whatever for um, uh, the Starks. Like it's such a light fruity whiskey. Mm-hmm. And that's totally what I think about when I think of the North right next to the wall is light and fruity. Like, no, like you have to like fire, you want smoke, you want something heavy, like right. that, that's something for up there. And like, and like, that would have been good for the Lagavulin, but then the Lagavulin is like, well, it's located on the coast, kind of like it is, you know, for uh, the Lannisters and so we gave them Lagavulin. Like, no, those guys are like, they're gold. They're, they're refined. Like, that's where you should put like the lighter fruity. Like, maybe that should have been Klein Leash. And like, mm. they just kind of did it. And some of the whiskeys were pretty poor. Some, a couple of them were actually really good. Greyjoy being the one that had like both the, the you know, being Talisker, like that fit perfect. Like it fit the, the idea. It fit like what you would think of for like a maritime, like seafaring pirate culture mm-hmm. like talisker i think fits that great and so like it's like one of the ones that actually they accidentally landed perfect on <laughs> um but I, I, it's it, it's all very gimmicky especially like the blends were all very gimmicky and i just yeah i think that, that that's a huge gimmick right there um are y'all gonna be bad black- at me when you hear that i've never seen that single episode of game of thrones <laughs> Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna have to watch uh, it while I'm inside right now? Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, it sounds interesting. I it. Point. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I I, I binge read the books before the series came out because I was like, I want to know, and then yeah, that ended yeah, up being I, a big waste of my time because the rest of the books never came out. So <laughs> like, I lost a bunch of time on that one. Oh, Thanks, no. George R. R. <laughs> Oh man, I, I I go way back with those books. I, I read them when when book two when book three wasn't out yet, and I finished book two. Like this is great, and book three just came out a month later, and I was so happy. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. I'm right into the series, and then like book four it took five years or seven years, or maybe it was book you know like yeah. <laughs> it was insane. I'm like I was like, well, that's finished and ended. Well, I won't but, read the books um, then. I'll just go straight to the TV series because it sounds yeah interesting. I you know what? That's another good example of a gimmick I was interested in. I I didn't. I I never I bought the um I guess I I got the Johnny Walker ones the 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 things uh but like mm-hmm. um but I never um I I kept I, I kept asking Diageo like could I I'd, I'd love to do the Game of Thrones series whiskey podcast because that would be incredible to drink through all of them and <laughs> compare them um but I actually never tasted any of them um uh, beyond kind of the cheapy Johnny Walker one um because like it seemed it, it 
I would need a lot of money. I would need to hold the whole collection. And the whole collection was like many hundreds of dollars. And at that point, it didn't seem like I needed to do that. Um, but yeah, I heard that a few of them were really good and, and, and some of them were misses and, and, and just, yeah, it, it was very interesting, uh, interesting scenario. There was a whiskey yeah, club I mean, I liked... that did a cool thing with, they did like a full tasting of all of them and they all came in, um, costume. Uh, and so they, they did like, and they had a big like throne Amazing. and like, they did like a big thing and, and, uh, everyone came dressed up and yeah. So they d there is that like geeky crossover a little bit, I think that we've talked about, like that sort of like, you know, that getting into that sort of like series and things. So it, it was kind of like in, in they sort of hit the nail on the head in terms of finding something that drew in sort of a crowd that really wanted to be in it and part of it. So I think it was just sort mm -hmm. of a, it, like in that regard, like, I think as far as I know, it went like, it went pretty well for them. And like, there was, I, I'd only seen like a couple bottles here and there, like left on the shelves. And like, it was very clear that the whiskey boards went crazy and everyone snatched up the ones that got the best reviews and were doing the best. And so there was some that sort of lingered a little bit longer than others, but touching on that, like, that piece of, of like kind of like nerd culture a little bit, like that kind of like mm -hmm. sci-fi culture. And like there, there is that sort of that crossover that happens sometimes where you've got, you know, you can get really, really into like the nitty gritty of whiskey and you can get really, really into like the nitty gritty of like a show that builds like a universe. And so there can be that yeah. kind of crossover. So um, I, I didn't, try any of the whiskeys actually so i can't really speak to them but i think that like as far as, as gimmicks go like that one probably did really well for them in that respect for sure like people will go buy and for all of us yeah you know we yeah. could have gotten new whiskey uh, yeah. whiskey drinkers out of it too which i which i really enjoy like i, I think that was my my I, I reviewed the virginia black uh drake's whiskey mm -hmm. and i really didn't like it i mean it, it's it's uh it's it's a very herbally it's a flavored you know it's a flavored whiskey it's it's, it's just an american whiskey so it's got like that 2.5 percent flavoring component to it mm -hmm. uh artificial flavoring but I'm, on the other hand i'm like but you know what he didn't go like the whiskey well he, the people that made the whiskey um didn't go soft on it. It wasn't like flavored sweet. It was very, it was herbal. It had that herbaceous mm -hmm. note to it uh, and it had that spice to it. So even though, you know, as a, as a whiskey drinker, I knew that this was mm -hmm. very much manufactured and it didn't taste like an authentic whiskey and there wasn't a lot of authenticity, authenticity uh, behind the profile of it. On the other hand, I was like, well, I'm glad that it went this way. Like you're drinking a mm -hmm. whiskey. And I use that in quotes a bit because it doesn't really taste like a whiskey for a whiskey drinker. But if you are having it straight, it, it it's it's not sweet it's not you know it's not it's not pleasant to drink in that like oh it's smooth sort of way right. they, they went for it they went for a yeah. whiskey with character um and and even though you know most of us wouldn't consider it a real whiskey quote unquote um i think that they did a good job of that and i think anything that brings in new people in the industry is really great and i and i very much applaud that yeah uh because again they could have just made it taste like a chocolate liqueur whiskey yeah. and, and everybody would have brushed their hands and be like we did it yay more whiskey sold <laughs> yeah um, I don't know if you guys, yeah. if you get that, if you have the Drake whiskey there, Josh, but yeah. it's yeah. scrolled out of the LCDO. Yeah. 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 Virginia gentleman or whatever Virginia it is. Black. Yeah. Yeah. Black, yeah. 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 Black, yeah. I've, I've seen it, but I haven't tried it. I haven't really wanted to. It almost no, feels like, don't bother, but it's, yeah, but yeah, it almost feels like it's like, it's like a piece of merch sort of rather than, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, yes. it's meant yeah. as like a collector's item, like a piece of merchandise that you can, you know, you can get people sort of cross pollinating in terms of, you know, fans and, you know, so it's, it, it can be like positioned in that particular way. So mm -hmm. it, whether yeah. it's like a musician or a boxer or, 
you know, um, or a soccer, soccer player. player. Yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of like it is a piece of merch that will drive people to the stores to go pick it up, whether or not they drink it. Yeah. Is, yeah. So there is that kind of. Oh, there's definitely that component. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and I, I think only... too. I think that's, but I think too, like like the three of us in the room here, we we have kind of a, a responsibility in the community to kind of like not alienate people that like drink, you know, yeah. um, that that go after uh, what's his name, the, the MMA fighters, uh, Irish whiskey, which is also pretty terrible for fifty bucks. I've never had it. Yeah, it it, it tastes okay. like exactly what it is, which is Bushmills White. Oh, yeah, okay. right, exactly. Yeah, for twenty bucks more, thirty bucks more. Yeah, for for more money, like um, you can, we. we um, a beat them next to each other and they're almost identical. I think the yeah. Connors is a little sweeter. Like they may use a little bit different cast, but it's still mostly grain whiskey. It's, it's going to be, I mean, it's basically Bushmills white okay. and just with, you know, a lot more money. Yeah. But I, but I, you mm-hmm. can see like somebody buying that and like drinking whiskey for the first time and, and not knowing that they like whiskey, not knowing they have a palate for whiskey and being like, this is great. And some whiskey person's like, you drank studio whiskey. And like, you know, <laughs> next day they're like, oh, the whiskey community is a bunch of snobs. They don't care about me. And, <laughs> and, and then they're going to drink McGregor's whiskey for the rest of their lives. I mean, we got to avoid this. We got to like, you know, yeah. we got to bring people in and be like, by the way, there's other really good whiskey you might want to try. Oh, uh, sure. so I think, you know, I think it's important to kind of bring people in. And, oh, and, I, I and, totally and agree. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't fault anyone for their, their choices. Like I, I get comments on the site all the time. Someone's like, Oh, you gave this a poor rating, but guess what? I love it. Like, of course you do. Great. Sure. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I'm not going to drink it, yeah. but I'm glad yeah. that you do. Exactly. So enjoy it. Listen, like, I'm not here to tell you what right. to drink. Like, you love pomegranate you, you, martinis. So like, you know what? I totally, I've got a deep history of pomegranate martinis. Exactly. I am no one to, to, to throw shade. So exactly. like, pomegranate martinis and uh, plum wine. Drink a bunch of that back in the day too. So yeah, like, who am I? So, exactly. So I think, yeah. I, I love I love how we're the metropolitan of, of like, we had Alan Doyle on the podcast and he was talking about Screech and oh, yeah. like, us living in the metropolitan areas who are like, Martinis with pomegranate. <laughs> oh man, my, my 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 drinking days when I was in college in Wyoming, it was Mad Dog 2020. I mean, let's what yeah, malt, flavor, flavored malt liquor. It's oh. like a wine. There was a wine flavored one and an orange flavored one. Wait, they made a so wine it, flavored malt liquor. Malt liquor. Oh yeah, Mad Mad Dog 2020. Look that up. That's wow. that that's it's. It's a it, it's a label that just gives me nightmares. These days. But, uh, <laughs> Mad Dog Twenty Twenty that was my that was my jam. Oh that my and God. PBR, which is still my favorite water beer for the, yeah. for oh, the yeah. summer. You need that. Yeah, but, you need um, that. OG hipster, like Incredible. been drinking that now for like almost forty. Well, actually, now forty or twenty years. <laughs> I've been drinking that <laughs> PBR for twenty years. But um, uh, yeah, Mad Dog Twenty Twenty and. Okay. Uh, uh, what was that? Schlitz. Oh, like that yeah. was our other our choice. And Saint Ides malt liquor. We drink Ooh. way too much of that. I have a and, couple new ones to learn about that. Apparently, yeah. some new and, tasting. And before the before the whole you know spiked seltzer craze that's going now, there was a product called DNA, which you can find it, and it was alcoholic spring water. We drank what? so much of that oh. while playing. Oh, it was crazy. You'd buy like a six pack, and we'd be having a hanging out. And you end up drinking the whole six pack just like 
it went down because it was it was water. It was like lightly carbonated water, and it didn't even taste like alcohol in it. And we'd be we'd be playing Tony Hawk, and we'd be sitting there, you know, with the PlayStation playing. Like, man, I got to pee, and then you stand up, like, oh my god, I'm drunk. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> oh, like, I just know. been drinking water. Like, it was oh, yeah. the craziest thing. Like, what happened? That's <laughs> and, funny. Yeah. So Aww. DNA. That was we drank a bunch of that back in the day because it was super cheap and. uh you could even like put it in water bottles. So, you know, you'd yeah. walk around the college campus. We were, we were degenerates back then. No. Not as classy no. as we are now with Glen Cairns. We had water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that makes all of us uh, for sure. Uh, the, the early explorations of drinking are definitely. Uh, <laughs> are Good definitely stories. <laughs> <laughs> they, Shitty decisions make for good stories later. <laughs> Look at us making all these good decisions nowadays. Oh my god! I know oh. these, these spoiled kids. Exactly. Like, oh god! You talk to some of these kids that are like in, in the whiskey clubs. Like we get some some young folks in, and uh, and they're in their early twenties, yeah. and we, you talk to them like not like or like mid twenties, really mid twenties, and when they're talking about like what they're drinking, like, man, I didn't elevate myself to that point until I was in my thirties. Yeah. Like I was not, and they're like, Oh yeah, I tried the the stag this weekend and I did this and tried that. I'm like, what the, how, well done. <laughs> how, it's how did you get into that? And like, how, what are like, it's just, it's just crazy to, cause they have a, the, you know, the popularity and the wealth of knowledge on top of it that's, that's exactly just at your fingertips. Say. Because they have the five-point system, Josh. The, they can look up that exactly. five-point system <laughs> and figure out what they should be drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the internet just there. accelerated it. Back in the day, you know, you had to get like an actual physical copy of, you know, Whiskey Advocate or, or yeah. was it Malt Advocate back in the day. Like you had to get that and you had to read it. You had to go and actually buy like one of Michael Jackson's books and read it. Cause otherwise <laughs> you go to the, the liquor store and you just see a whole wall of stuff. And you're like, uh, I can buy a whiskey for 20 bucks or I can buy a whiskey for 200, 20 bucks <laughs> it is. And then you just walk out the door. Like you had no idea like that it would even taste different. Like there, there was, yeah. you, you had to be really dedicated and, yeah. and, and actually go and find books and read them. You couldn't just Google it on your phone real quick and be like, Oh, yeah. Mark Bylock likes this. I'm yeah. going to drink it. <laughs> that is true. Oh, well, where can we send our our listeners that would like some new recommendations to see um, what Josh is drinking? Where where on the internet can we find you? <laughs> the whiskeyjug.com. And it's whiskey with an E. The, the American spelling. The American, American spelling. spelling. The, the right American spelling. spelling. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got to send you my article about how Irish whiskey spelled, spelled it wrong the entire time. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's Irish and American. Like we're, we're, we're spelling it the right way. As, yeah. as far as when I did research on this, that's really funny. I was like realized that there was just no proper spelling of it and everybody just misspelled it and nobody really knew how to spell whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing is spelled correctly because the 1800s it's, did not have Twitter nor people checking people's grammar and spelling. <laughs> Nobody was shaming those the, the, the people that are writing on the boxes. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. Times have changed, uh, my friends. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Thanks for coming on yeah. again. It was such a pleasure to speak with you as always. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's I I love uh, love being on the podcast, chatting with you too. Chatting like it's fantastic. Oh, I love having you on. Yeah.
Yeah, and uh, Jamie, you can be you're you're still at Bourbon I'm Thing on Bourbon Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and I'm M A R K B Y L O K. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Just your and, name. Uh, yeah. Just my name. I'm really there creative go. there, I've, I've got no allegiances. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate you having you on, Josh. It was uh, again great, great pleasure, and we'll uh, post your uh, links uh, in the show notes so people can go to your website. Cheers, awesome. guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.